Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast may contain adult themes, strong language, and stupid health advice. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to In Bad Taste, where we cast a critical eye over health documentaries and the claims they make. I am your host, registered nutritionist Pixie Turner. And I'm your other host, cardiothoracic surgeon, Dr. Nikki Stamp. Now, it's a new month, which means it's a new film. And accidentally, we're sticking with our Australian films because this month we're looking at that sugar film, which sets out to blame sugar for pretty much all the world's problems. Over the course of the next four episodes, we're going to look at possibly the first film we've watched that hasn't been so offensive as to claim that it can cure cancer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to discuss what they got right and what they got wrong. Yeah, sugar started getting a really bad reputation around six or seven years ago, and it came very on trend, very popular to cut out all sugar from your diet and do things like the I Quit Sugar Plan, which was absolute nonsense. Oh, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they, you know, there was a whole proliferation of things like rice malt syrup, which I yep. definitely promoted at one point. I had some. You know, these kind of things that were pre- pretending to be not sugar and therefore healthy, but actually still just sugar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's see what the hell this film is on about. Okay. So this film, as we've already said, is Australian and it's made by a guy called Damien Gamo. And like you obviously wouldn't recognize him. I recognize him. fucking clue who this guy is. So he was in a show. The the thing I remember him from the most is from a show called Underbelly. And if you are outside of Australia, you should definitely watch this. It's so worth watching. There's a few. The first three seasons are amazing. It's about like organized crime in Australia. Um, And it's like it's actually really good. But anyway, he was in one of I think he was in the second or third series of that. So I'm like, ah, the guy from Underbelly. Um, but it also features his wife, who is also an actor, Zoe Tuckwell-Smith, um, and it was made in 2014 and remains the highest-grossing Australia-New Zealand documentary ever made. Um, really? Because, yeah, I think, like, you know, as I said, it came out at the time when people were people were interested in sugar um, and how naughty or whatever it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he decided to make this, film because there's so much debate it's hard to know what to believe like yes i agree but making a documentary isn't normally the way that you solve such problem am i am i off track there or am i 
I think you make a good point <laughs> <laughs> that, that a kind of a biased documentary with that's focused on one person and their individual journey and using themselves as a case study is not necessarily the most academic way of going about it. No, exactly. Um, so he's also wrote, written and produced a second documentary called 2040, um, which he wrote for his small daughter on what the world would be like if climate change went un- unchecked. And apparently that's been quite well received. I haven't seen it, but I did have this question, like, because do you think, you know, the way we feel about health documentaries, do other scientists mm-hmm. feel the same about documentaries in their field? I need to know the answer to this. I reckon probably yeah especially because i just saw a tweet this morning from an astrophysicist complaining about a very well-known astrophysicist who gets to talk all about astrophysics on tv all the time even though this person (laughs) often gets stuff wrong and i was like you know what i think we all feel this way okay good to know all right if you are a climate scientist who has seen 2040 and you have an opinion, tell us, please. Anyway, to the best of my knowledge, neither Damon or his wife have any nutrition or health qualifications. They don't even have unreputable ones. They, they're they just... <laughs> the bar is so low. <laughs> but I, I don't know what's worse, having a crappy health qualification or not having one at all. I don't know. Anyway, um, but... Uh, the film was really successful, as I've already said, but it also spawned like a whole host of spin-off products, including That Sugar Book, which was a bestseller, um, and That Sugar Movement, which is an online program where on their website they claim more than 60% of individuals are motivated to reduce sugar intake after watching That Sugar film compared to 2% from advice from doctors, which is a stupid statistic because what did they like sample every single person who has ever seen that sugar film or was it 10 people Mm -hmm. or was it 100 people and what were their doctors told them and it's like you know it's like the face cream equivalent of um you know nine out of ten women saw a significant difference after six weeks you know it's like it's just bollocks makes no sense so Anyway, it's pretending Nailed to be it. yeah, it's pretending to be science. And their program, uh, I found this really annoying. They you pay seventy nine bucks for some stuff to help you cut out hidden sugars for less than a daily coffee splurge. Why do they always compare it to coffee um, mm. and leave you feeling great? And I found this website really annoying because on their FAQ section, the answer to pretty much every question is you can find this out in our program. I was like, ew. Can you though? Can you actually? Or do they really mean if you watch our program, you'll find a talking head spouting some shit about this and Mm -hmm. we are not here to verify if it's right or wrong because it fits our narrative so beautifully well. Yeah. But having said that, having said that, their effects that they use Mm -hmm. are really cool. Okay. At the start of this movie, I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite enjoying this. They had some really cool effects and i really enjoyed those they had all these these various uh so-called experts Mm -hmm. they just literally took their heads and put them on like bags of sugar and bottles of juice yeah you'd see their name appearing instead of the brand instead of a brand name and i was like that's really clever that's really clever and then they put this guy on stage and i was like is that hugh jackman apparently it wasn't hugh jackman so apparently i I was really paying attention there i think it was hugh jackman i'm pretty sure because they they didn't mention him in the credits stephen fry was in it they, see, that's the thing is I was looking in the credits because it said mentioned Stephen Fry, but I'm checking. It definitely didn't mention Hugh. It definitely didn't mention Hugh Jackman, and I was like, "Oh my god, did I think that was Hugh Jackman when it's not?" <laughs> I'm checking. Hang on, 
I'm sure it was Hugh Jackman. Yes, 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 he was in, he was in, according to IMDb, Internet Movie Database, Hugh Jackman makes an appearance. So you were right. I was right. The credits were wrong. Fuck you, credits. Pixie yeah. one, credits zero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, look, I, I'm the same. I thought it was a bit more engaging um, than a lot of other films that we've watched. So, I mean, that was a good thing because it didn't feel like, you know, tearing my eyeballs out after 30 minutes from boredom slash confusion. Um, but anyway, as I've already said, it's all about sugar. I mean, the title sort of gives it away. Um, so Hugh Jackman and Stephen Fry appear in this film purely to explain sugar. And I don't think they do, no offence, I don't think they do a particularly good job of explaining sugar and what happens to it in our bodies. No, because they're going, they went for some kind of nursery rhyme situation, Mm -hmm. which is great, except that you are very limited in the words you can use to make everything rhyme and it therefore leaves you potentially in a scientifically dubious arena Mm -hmm. because rhyme matters more than accuracy. So... I suppose before we kind of really get into what actually happens during this documentary, maybe let's let's just correct them on mm-hmm. what actually sugar is. Yes, and I think give a, good idea. a um, and let's. I can't. I love that I'm about to say the sentence. Let's give a better explanation than Stephen Fry. Oh, <laughs> oh, savage. Oh, okay. <sighs> Tell me. It's give true, me. Though. It's very true. Yes. Okay, so sugar is essentially a form of carbohydrate. Carbohydrate meaning carbons that are hydrated. You've got carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, and that pretty much makes sugar carbohydrates. Sugar are simple carbohydrates. So whereas complex carbohydrates would be your kind of long chains of glucose that you find in things that are starchy, that's why they taste completely different. Sugar is more things like mono and disaccharides, which is Mm. either single sugars or two sugars joined together to make another sugar. Mm -hmm. If you're not with me, you're about to be. It's all good. So we've got glucose. We all know what glucose is. We've all heard of glucose. Mm -hmm. Um, Glucose is the thing that's found in fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes. Um, It's also found in those long chains of starch, which I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And glucose tends to be used as immediate fuel. It's the thing that every single one of our cells can use and can convert into energy, all great stuff. Or if there's enough of it, then it's sometimes stored as glycogen in places like your muscles and your liver. Mm. Then we have fructose, which according to this movie is the bad guy. And that is generally found in fruits and vegetables, especially in fruit, which is where the name comes from. And it's seen as the bad guy in this movie, unless it's in whole fruit, in which case it's totally okay because nature. That's mm-hmm. that's the argument I understood there. When you put one glucose and one fructose together and stick them together so they're stuck to each other, then you get sucrose. And if you're not familiar with sucrose, it's the shit that you put in your tea, your coffee, you use in baking, mm-hmm. anything like that. Basically, it's the beautiful white or brown granular stuff mm-hmm. that makes everything taste really fucking good. So when you start eating sugar or sucrose what happens is that your body immediately splits it in half it immediately splits it so that the glucose and the fructose are separate and then they behave slightly differently in the body because they're slightly different things so glucose is metabolized throughout the body whereas fructose is almost completely metabolized by the liver or in the liver and this is very much what this movie latches onto. They mm-hmm. make a claim that it's basically all turned into fat, which is not necessarily true. In mm-hmm. kind of normal human conditions, generally about 25% is converted to 
lactic acid. Mm -hmm. Around 30 to 50% is converted to glucose and around 15% is converted to glycogen and usually less than 1% is actually converted to fat in your body. Now that's under kind of normal conditions. If you are eating a a large energy excess, Mm -hmm. at that point, you're gonna have potentially more of it turned into fat, but they conveniently leave out that idea that if you're kind of eating in a way that works with your body, with hunger and fullness, not too much, not too little kind of scenario for you, Mm. that fructose is not gonna just magically turn into mountains of fat in your body because that's not how that works. Yeah, I, I I think that was really good. I think that they've kind of they've latched onto one idea, which has like merit, but it kind mm. of um, it, they just kind of just go with oh well, sugar is bad, fructose is bad, um, just cause. You know, that's the kind of explanation, the level of explanation, just cause, and you don't get the nuance, you don't get the. But also, you know, if you eat a ton of saturated fat you also have that turned into, um, you know, fat storage and, you know, cholesterol, all those kinds of things. Anyway, basically I think that they've completely missed a nuance, which, look, I mean, I know we always say this. We know that this is a film that got a limited time to, to say that, but I think when they miss the nuance and in missing that point they turn it into this big scary like wildebeest that it's not, that's when that thinking is problematic. But anyway, um, we have some experts. So we've got David Gillespie, and a lot of people would be familiar with him. David Gillespie is another Australian – well, they're all Australian um, people because it's Australian film. Um, David Gillespie is an Australian author. Of, he's best known for his book Sweet Poison, and he recently wrote one on psychopaths, which apparently is actually quite good, I've heard. Um, but he used to be a lawyer. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I... Wait, I've just realized I've read his book. Sweet Poison? Yeah, I read it years and years ago, back in my wellness wanker days. I read it. 
it's and it was scary. It's scary. It's well written. Like he's actually got one of the things I like about him is I've had some interactions with him online, and maybe this is a throwback to him being a lawyer, is that he is not aggressive towards other people like some other unnamed wellness wankers can be, right? Like you can say <laughs> yep. Like you, you can say to him, listen, um, I disagree with you like that. And, you know, you can have a back and forth and he'll just be like, mm, we agree to disagree. And I'm like, that's so refreshing. And I also think he's very good. He's got his finger on the pulse. He's um, he's like that. But that being said, just because I've said that he has, you know, done some things well, I don't, I don't know, like about about non-health people writing health books. Like that's my concern. I mean, he's he, mm-hmm. he's acting in that way in, in both of those books as kind of like a journalist, like someone exploring it and taking us on a journey with them to discover the story. But I think that, you know, sometimes those stories are best left explored by the, the people who know what they're talking about. That's just my two cents worth. We've got Dr. Ken Sakaris, who's a chemical pathologist. So that's a doctor who is like, you know, concerned with, how we measure things in the body and how, um, you know, they're influenced by, by different factors. Um, so he's very, very well respected. Um, with, he has an interest in cholesterol. He, he's, he pops up quite a bit in low-carb groups as a speaker or whatever, but I have to say from what I've read, it's very unclear what his personal beliefs are. I don't know if he's mm. – yeah, so I don't, I don't know. He, but, you know, his job is to read the numbers. We've got Sharon Johnson, who is a nutritionist. Her website calls her a naturopath. And she, she does have a genuine degree from a university in the UK. She also has a degree in naturopathy from, um, and I'm not going to name them, from a college in Australia, which is well known to be problematic and has been sanctioned in the past for not producing graduates who meet the standards for registration, etc. And she doesn't seem to hold any professional registration as a nutritionist or a dietitian. So, hmm. and why is that important? Because when you hold professional registration, you have to meet certain standards. Um, again, accountability. Woo woo. We like that. But again, like I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really find that she is, you know, super hardcore into one tribe or another. We've got Dr. Deborah Herbst, who is a GP. Now she does seem to be aligned with a low carb kind of way of thinking. Um, I can't find that she has any qualifications in nutrition whatsoever. Um, but that's all. That's all I found. It, and I think that this show or this film really talks about their qualifications um they just get cool nicknames like professor blood and stuff like that (laughs) which is really cute it's really cute and engaging but you know it doesn't tell us whether or not they're appropriately qualified to give their opinion and i think that that annoys me yeah it's it's the kind of don't worry, we've covered it. You don't worry about it. We're good. Trust yes. us. It's all fine. Yeah. It's like I it's like, no, no. Let's start from a position of I don't fucking trust you. And let's take it from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you have to prove to me. Um, prove to me that you what you say is is legit. So you know, they spend a lot of time making claims about basically that we're all drowning in sugar and it's killing us. Um and I just I mean, when they said it, it sounds like so impressive. They say things like Australians eat 40 teaspoons of sugar every day. And you're like, oh, my God, 
that's outrageous. And then, you know, so when much you, sugar. it's just so much sugar. And when you stop to think about what that actually entails, I think they are getting this. Well, I know they're getting their statistics wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they illustrate it beautifully. They have this lovely image of a family sitting around a dinner table, just eating, just spooning bags of sugar literally it's a nice image but it's obviously not what anyone is doing i don't even remember mm-hmm. doing that as a child i know this is a total tangent but i don't even mm-hmm. remember spooning sugar as a child i ate a few sugar cubes when they were oh, like same. I'll do that. hard like like really like big sugar crystals like mm-hmm. none of these like just like compressed granules but like the proper crystals but i don't remember ever spooning the brown ones you get like brown sugar yeah. cubes they're so tasty because they're kind of yeah. molassesy and stuff as well mm, tasty mm. Yes. Now, obviously, this is an Australian documentary, so I don't know about the Australian statistics. I kind of left that part to you, but I looked at the UK statistics to have oh, a look and see. Let, let's swap. And I have Australian statistics, and you have UK ones. Let's swap. Yeah. Okay. This so, is very fun. <laughs> so apparently, the annual sugar consumption in the UK peaked several decades ago. So we're definitely not at maximum sugar consumption at the moment. And at that point, it was 50 kilograms per person per year. And at the moment, we are less than 40 kilograms per person per year. Now, I'm aware that still sounds like a lot. But today, actually, people in the UK consume less sugar per head than we did in like the 1900s. And it was really difficult to find up-to-date statistics on this. So the most recent ones I could find were are a couple of years old. And at that point, it says the average UK adult was eating 58.8 grams of sugar per day, which is 11 to 12 teaspoons per day. Yeah. Which is actually okay. nowhere near the 40 this guy is doing. And just as a comparison, the NHS guidelines say that adults should consume a maximum of 30 grams of sugar per day, which mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. equivalent of 7 teaspoons. So, you know, we are over. Yeah. But not by not by like it's not like 7 it should it's not like it should be 7 and it's actually at 40. Like that that's huge. <laughs> yeah. So, it's actually it's really interesting. The numbers are almost identical here. So, again, Sugar, this is from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, so sugar consumption has declined predominantly, and I think this is a good thing, in children. Um, And I think that's a good thing for a wide variety of reasons because I think it might mean that we're getting some control on marketing and dental health, all those things that we'll come to later. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, sugar consumption has has declined. So the amount uh, that... Average daily intake is 59 grams per day in men, 42 grams per day in women. Um, and the percent energy from added sugars in adults is around 9.4%. Now, why is this important? Because the WHO recommends that no more than 10% of energy comes from sugars. So actually, again, we're, that's that's all kinds of sugar that's added and, and intrinsic. Um, but when they work this out, it's about 50 grams for women, 60 grams for men. So we're not, we're not as bad as, as what is sort of being claimed at in, in this film. Now, obviously there are going to be people who, who, you know, eat a lot of sugar. Um, but the general population, I don't think, I don't think that that scene where you've got a family of four sitting around eating just bags of sugar is is an accurate representation. I think it's put there purely to to scare you. Yeah, and it, it is a very effective image, isn't it? It's mm, very effective. Mm. So what is all of this leading to? 
in case uh, in case it wasn't obvious, it, there's going to be an experiment based on this 40, 40 teaspoon mm-hmm. figure. That is definitely going to be a thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this guy, what's his name again? Damon? Damon. <laughs> I've forgotten already. Yeah. Okay, Damon. Damon says, the only way to get answers is for me to start eating sugar again. Because he's been eating no refined sugar for the past mm-hmm. couple of years because, I, I think, because his wife told him to. That's the vibe I got from that. So he says that the only way he can get answers is to start eating sugar again after a couple of years of being completely off the stuff and no refined sugar whatsoever. Unclear what he means by refined sugar, by the mm-hmm. way. Totally mm-hmm. unclear. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? That's the only way for you to get answers? You have to do an experiment on yourself and force yourself to eat 40 teaspoons of sugar every day for a number of weeks. That is definitely not the only way to get answers. You could actually just look at all the research, talk to actual experts, by which I mean researchers. But no, apparently that would be really, really boring. So instead, he's going to subject himself to 40 teaspoons of sugar every day for the next couple of weeks and complain the entire way, as if Mm -hmm. he didn't come up with the whole fucking idea in the first place. Now... Don't worry. We are going to spend much more time in the coming weeks talking about these kind of so-called experiments that these documentaries do. For now, just picture this dude eating a fuck ton of sugar, manually calculating how many teaspoons of sugar are in his food and telling it to the camera. I think him calculating how much he's eating is actually giving him too much credit. He goes, ah, it's about 17 teaspoons. And you're like, hang on a second. You're, you're measuring it or you're not. Like, which one is it? Like, why don't you, you know, if you're going to do it, at he least do it He does this with a low-fat yogurt in particular, and you can see on camera him trying mm-hmm. to work out how much of that is lactose and how much is added sugars. And there's no kind of calculation or anything that he looks at. He just goes, eh, I reckon about this percent of it is lactose, which means the rest of it's added sugar. And I'm like, where is that figure coming from? Like, it, it may well have come from somebody who's given him some good advice, but how do we know? It just looks like he's making shit up, which is yeah. not helping in terms of making this look yeah. like a rigorous scientific project, which obviously it's not. But that's how they want it to look. It's not. No, absolutely. So, so yeah, it's, look, it's, 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 questionable all right we're going into this questionably i think is the word i'm looking for he's not going to do real science and along the way we get you know the usual it is just the usual trope of these kind of films about things that are making us unhealthy and of course we have to we have to mention that people are getting sicker because of the dietary guidelines because we're following the dietary guidelines um and people are getting sicker because of the dietary guidelines. Mm. And I'm so sick of these films or just people in general saying this because we, we have a repeat of oh, Ansel Keys. Ansel Keys, yes, of the Seven Nations study, which um, listened to one of our previous episodes. Last month. It was last month. Oh, you know, Ansel Keys basically discovered the link between saturated fat and cardiovascular disease. Um, for some reason, everyone's got it out for him. It's not true. Um, so, you know, I think what the film is driving at is to move towards a diet that is much higher in fat, um, than in carbohydrates and sugar. But look, this, this idea that people are getting sicker because of the dietary guidelines has, has genuinely been debunked. And there's actually a really recent article published in the journal of nutrition, which looked at something called the healthy eating index, which basically uses food surveys to give people's diet a score between zero and 100 and this include getting um, how much calories they were getting from foods with low nutritional value, alcohol, sugar, whatever. But 
no judgment, all right? If you if you so desire a glass of alcohol or a donut, which always seems to be the the angry food of the the time, um, that's okay. Um, anyway, this study had over fifteen thousand participants, and they basically classified people into four groups from best to worst score on this this eating inventory and the whether or not the the score was good was based on dietary guidelines so the people who had a diet that was most consistent with the dietary guidelines had a lower incidence of cardiovascular disease and death so Mm, okay dietary guidelines good Janky films, bad. Yeah, so uh, you know, I I don't, I'm not 100 sure. It, it's not quite the tin foil hat wearing of um, the magic pill, but I don't quite understand why this conspiracy theory really persists in so many of these films or people who have really strong dietary opinions. Yeah, and why do we always have to pit carbs versus fat in these documentaries? It's always carbs mm. versus fat. Because in order to really kind of do this experiment that this guy's doing is based on the idea that our dietary guidelines say we should be eating low-fat products and there are loads of hidden sugars in these low-fat products. And so I'm going to go and eat 40 teaspoons of sugar every day without actually eating any ice cream or chocolate or any kind of desserts. In other words, he's Mm -hmm. going purely for so-called hidden sugars. And in order to really promote that, Mm -hmm. we have to shit on low-fat diets which means we have to shit on dietary guidelines because apparently our our dietary guidelines say to eat low-fat when they actually don't do that so no they're they're much more they're much more um nuanced and have um specific guidance about how much fat and what types of fat you know it's not just eat all the fat it's just yeah look i i it's very it's sort of it's really not accurate what what they're saying um and i just i don't understand i'm gonna call this the single nutrient fallacy from now on because it's a classic fallacy that maybe someone's already come up with it but if not i claim this as my invention the single nutrient fallacy that either (laughs) says that sugar is to blame for everything carbs are to blame for everything fat is to blame for everything pick your target and stick with it and you've got the makings of a likely successful documentary that's full of shit oh there's no nuance where is the nuance to be fair there is a tiny bit of nuance here and there in this movie but we just haven't come to it yet yes yes look you know i i don't think that i don't think i want to sort of say this because i know people will, will jump down our throats we're not saying that sugar is all good like we we don't tend to say that any food is all good or all bad unless unless you're putting cyanide in your food i think we would probably agree that mm-hmm. that's bad as a food um <laughs> but we we're not we're not saying that but i just think that the way that this film talks about sugar it, it it's not giving you the whole story it's it's really cherry picking data to blame sugar for everything and i think when you when you go down the which what is now known as the single nutrient fallacy pathway, that you miss out on looking at some of the negatives against the, the, the nutrient that you are promoting. So fat, for example, you know, I, I just think that they, they really, they really mess up, but we're not saying that, you know, you should, that sugar is fine. And you can, if you so desire, eat your dinner from a bag of table sugar, um, you know, obviously we're not idiots, 
but I just think there's a lot of lack of nuance and we're going to we're going to pick it apart because actually this film was a lot easier to sort of investigate the claims that they're making because they kind of stick to one line rather than jump all over the place which hurts my brain so thanks Damon yeah as I mean this was arguably one of the more enjoyable ones to watch because I wasn't tearing my hair out every five seconds I know I know same same all right well anyway we will be back next week to discuss whether or not sugar is actually poison uh, and (laughs) talk about some of (laughs) I know I know I know I use the p word um, we're going to talk about whether it's poisonous, you know, if it makes you gain weight, if it makes you run around in your undies, because there's a lot of running around in your undies. Way too much. We did not need to um, see this guy's belly that much. Way too much, right? No. No, we don't. No, no. Keep it away. So, yes, come back next week. Um, and please, in the meantime, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating because that's how people will find us. Um, tell your mates, subscribe, all those good things. Now, if you have questions or comments, particularly if you're a climate scientist and you have seen a climate science documentary, please let us know, or any other scientists for that matter. We're not picky. But uh, email us, inbadtastepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, so don't forget to drop us a line. As always, come and see us on our socials. Pixie is at Pixie Nutrition and I am at Dr. Nikki Stamp. I was going to say we don't love hearing from spam. We're still getting spammed in our email. Oh, well. Like, don't spam is it us. Is good spam? Stop it. We're not interested any in what spam? you're selling. Oh. Nah, it's rubbish. Okay. Nah, 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 it's rubbish. It's almost always addressed to you. I don't know why, but congratulations. You're being, you're being spammed. How interesting. Maybe yeah. it's because... I my name comes first on the in the notes. I think so. I I think so. That's sad for you. Aww. You're getting spammed and I'm getting off scot free. Anyway, we will leave you references and links in the show notes below. Well, come back next week for some uh, I don't know, countering some sugar bashing, I guess. Same old, same old. We'll see you there. Bye. <laughs>
That's stamps.com code program.